Let's pray real quick. Lord Jesus, please, I just pray that, um, God, give me, give me your word. Give me your spirit, Lord. I pray that that's what people hear. That's what people experience. God, let your, the, the power of your Holy Spirit change our lives and change our hearts today. And may you receive all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bible, uh, will you turn to cha- John chapter 14? John chapter 14. This is going to be very familiar to you. John chapter 14. If you're able to throw it on the screen, go for it. I don't know uh, how easy or difficult that is. If you can follow along, I dare you. If you can't, it's okay. If you have your phone, I know, uh, man, one of the the greatest uh, applications, apps that I have is the Bible on my phone. So if you have your phone, you can have your Bible phone. This is John chapter 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas, one of the disciples, said to him, Lord, We do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. You hear this passage of Scripture at a lot of funerals. And recently, uh, not too long ago, I went to a funeral of a young man that I knew. And it was... uh, I, I don't know. I, I, honestly, I don't know how I don't know how this person died. I just know that they died, uh, and I thought I kind of knew a little bit about them. And as I heard them read the obituary, I started thinking. When I got home, I googled uh, or looked up on the inter- internet some obituaries, and I thought I think we do have the pictures to those. If you can see them, okay, I'll read them. Chan Holcomb, seventy-two, of Fort Smith, died Thursday. He was born July 14, 1939, in a log cabin in Bates to the late Ralph and Inez Holcomb and was circumcised with his dad's pocket knife. They wrote that in the paper for his obituary. Here's another one. I don't even know this gentleman's name. It just said he was a connoisseur of root beer and bacon, searching far and wide for varieties he had yet to try. That is what this guy was known for a connoisseur of root beer and bacon, and he would have probably been one of my BFFs. (laughs) Here's another one, Dolores. She was born in 1929 in New Mexico. Read in the middle. Dolores had no hobbies, made no contribution to society, (laughs) rarely shared a kind word or deed in her life. I speak for the majority of her family when I say her presence will not be missed by many Very few tears will be shed, and there will be no lamenting over her passing. Her family will remember Dolores amongst ourselves. We will remember her in our own way, which were mostly sad and troubling times throughout the years. Skipping ahead, I truly believe at the end of the day, all of us will really only miss what we never had, a good and kind mother, grandmother, great-grandmother. I hope she's finally at peace with herself 
As for the rest of us left behind, I hope this is the beginning of a time of healing and learning to be a family again. Yes. Don't say no. Say yes. There will be no service, no prayers, and no, no closure for the family she spent a lifetime tearing apart. Man, I wrote the word sad. I looked at that, ran out, and put sad next to it. How sad. Here's, a, here's another one for this gentleman. He was sadly deprived of his final wish, which was to be run over by a beer truck on the way to the liquor store to buy booze for a date. <laughs> In his obituary, all right? And lastly, here's a picture of a tombstone. It says, I told you I was sick. (laughs) Being at this funeral, um, it just, I was trying to pay attention. But as they read this gentleman, this this used to be friend of mine, as they was reading his obituary, he he loved, he, he was very kind, he was funny, he loved music. And I was like, and, and, and it was kind of sad. Because I knew this guy, he had grown up in church. His family had grown up in church. He's part of a youth group. And so when the pastor was up uh, uh, giving the service and reading John chapter 14, the pastor, you could tell, he, he said, I am unsure how this gentleman lived the last few years of his life. He was unsure of this gentleman's destiny. He wasn't sure if this gentleman made it into heaven. And, I, and all I thought was somebody, somebody has got to know if this guy ever gave his life to the Lord. Somebody has got to know. Maybe his youth leader, maybe some, some of the people in his youth group, I don't know. But you're left wondering, how did this person die and where did this person go after death? I knew uh, a good friend of mine. He grew up in a different church when I was young. I remember him telling me, he says, you know what, Kevin? He goes, we don't know if we're going to make it to heaven when we die. And I was like, well, that's sad. He goes, I believe that if you sin right before you die, you go to hell. And I was like, you're telling me if a 96-year-old lady has lived her entire life serving Jesus, and she sins right before she dies, she goes to hell. He says, I believe that. I was like, let us search the scripture. And I don't think I'm alone. This is what I want to do today. This is my whole goal. I want to give you some security. And this is not a a get out of hell free This is not, I am bought by the blood of Jesus, I shall do what I want. But I want us to look at Jesus Christ in this gift of salvation. So what is our obituary going to read, all right? So here's the fact. All of us, since Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve sinned. They brought uh, death and, and, uh, and punishment into the world. Since death came into the world, what that means is every single one of us is going to be put in a casket one day, or cremated, or whatever your choice. But we're all going to die one day. People are going to write something about us in the paper. He was a great connoisseur of bacon, loved root beer, chugged it up, loved it. His, uh, his grandpa 
out-of-pocket knife and created a Jew. We don't, I mean, we don't know, but people's going to write something about us. And that concerns me because I don't want them to just write anything. He loved, he was funny, he played music, okay? But what are we leaving? What are we leaving this world to read? In Romans chapter 10, it says, the word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you're, uh, what I'm getting to is, if if you're a Christian, if you are saved by the blood of Jesus, then we can, we have some foundation to, to move on. But the, let me explain what salvation says from Romans. It says, Romans 10, verse 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that, that God would raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart one believes and is justified. I preached on justification by faith the last time that I preached. Justification, just as if I had never sinned. Jesus Christ stood in our place When God was giving out judgment, he says, yes, Kevin Fowler sinned, but Jesus Christ stood in his place, and with the blood that he gave on the cross, he took the penalty of sin, justice, justified. It says, for with a heart one believes and is justified, and with a mouth one confesses and is saved. So who is Christ? Who is Christ in salvation? And I thought that's what one of the first things that we look at. If you will, turn to John chapter 10. You could turn back a few verses. John chapter 10, verse 27. John 10, 27. <clears throat> Who is Christ? He's our shepherd, and we are his sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, Father God, who has given them to me, he's greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Who is Jesus Christ? Not only our shepherd, he's our Father. And we are his sons and daughters with an inheritance. We are his offspring. And Ephesians 1, which pastor has already preached on before, he's in this uh, study of Ephesians, it explains it. He says, in love, he, meaning Jesus, he predestined us for adoption as sons or as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. And so that says that through the adoption, God being our father, he adopted us to be his sons and daughters. And he says, you are my offspring. 1 Peter 1, 22 and 23 says, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, eternal seed, eternal offspring through the living and abiding word of God. It says that we are his offspring. We are his children. And those children that we are is eternal. It's forever. Salvation is rooted in who he is, not who we are. 
Can I get an amen on that? (laughs) I know who I am or is. I know that. I can be a rotten sinner. That's what I can be. I can fail. I can be the worst husband. I can be the worst father. I can be a bad friend. I can fail. So if salvation was totally based on me, I would ruin it completely. Thank the Lord that salvation is in who Jesus Christ is. What happens to us in salvation? The Apostle Paul, he wrote a letter to the church at Corinth. And in chapter 5, he says, listen, guys, you are part of the body of Christ. Remember that song, if we are the body, why aren't these hands in here? No? <laughs> Who was that? Uh, I can't remember the name of that band that sang that. Better them sing it than I. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, it says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, through many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews, Greeks, slaves, free, all were made to drink of one spirit. So since we and those that have confessed with our mouth, believed in our heart, it says are made Christians. The Bible calls this, these people the elect, the chosen, God's children, saved, the born again, the daughters and sons of God. However you want to say that, we've become part of Jesus Christ into his body. So if we sin, does Jesus cut a finger off? He sever, does he sever his finger and lay it aside? said, you sinned, Kevin. I'm disappointed. You repented. Let's sew that sucker back on. Good job. You sinned again. You know. How many body parts does he have to sever because of us? Or does he? We become part of Christ. We become part of the body. We work together as one. Think of it like when a when a man and woman, it says that for this reason they shall leave the father and mother and cleave only to each other. The man shall cleave to his wife. That's the idea, the cleaving. We are one. We have become one with Christ. John six thirty nine, And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, of all that the Father God has given Jesus the Son, of all the sheep, of all the children, the sons and daughters, he says, I will lose nothing. He says, as a matter of fact, I'll raise it up on the last day. It will be part of my glory. Ephesians 1, 11 through 14, it says, in him we've obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and you believed in him, you were sealed. Sealed. Let me explain that. 
greet for sealed. It means a security from Satan. It means to confirm authenticate, to place beyond doubt. When kings used to write letters, they would put a dab of wax on the letter, and then they had an insignia, however you want to call it, a seal, and they would stamp that hot wax. And so whoever received the letter would see that insignia in the, in, in the, in the wax, and they would say, that is from this particular king. It says that we were sealed by the Holy Spirit. It means that Jesus Christ stamped our souls with an insignia, and it says you do not belong to anybody else except Jesus Christ. Nobody is going to snatch you away. You belong to Jesus. Let's look at what Jesus did to call us his own. Romans chapter 8. And this is familiar. Guys, I believe this with my whole heart or I wouldn't be standing up here saying it. I believe this. Paul wrote this. He says, I want to give you a strong foundation for those whom he foreknew or he knew before the world even began, he predestined. Why? Why? to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus. There's a purpose behind this. In order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers, he might receive that eternal inheritance. Don't, and for those whom he predestined, he called. Now think of this word called. Remember when the apostle uh, Paul was called? His name was Saul at the time. This is Acts chapter nine. Saul was killing Christians. He was a Jew he was a Pharisee, he knew the law, and he was having Christians killed, and Jesus called him. Acts 26 says that he kicked against the goads. It means he set up a resistance against God and against, or against Jesus Christ and Christians. But Jesus blinded him, knocked him off his horse, and he says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Man, I got a purpose for your life. You're going to go to kings, you're going to go to people, and you're going to tell them about the love of Jesus. Paul got saved. He got called. His name changed from Saul to Paul. Jude 1 says, to those who are called, who are beloved in God the Father and kept safe for Jesus Christ. Those who are called are kept safe. Reading on in Romans, and those whom he called, he justified. You were living just as if you had never sinned because of what Jesus did. And those whom he justified, he glorified. He is raising you up on the last day. We get to partake in his glory. God's promise for security and salvation. Here's just a few verses. Psalms 37, 28. For the Lord loves justice. He will not forsake his saints they are preserved forever. John 8, 51, truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Philippians 1, 6, and you might know this one. I'm sure of this. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. 
has Jesus begun a good work in you? You might say, he started it, but it's a rough start. Hey, has Jesus begun a good work in you? I ain't dead yet. That sounds so country. I ain't dead, man. But check this out. Yeah, that's famous last words of a southern man. Check this out. I know Jesus has started a good work in my life. I know that. Does that mean that every day that I live, it's a holy, perfect day? No, it's not. Unfortunately, it's not. My carnality and my sin a lot of times can get the best of me. But there was a purpose behind salvation. Ephesians chapter 2, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It's a gift of God. Grace, unmerited favor from God. It's not a result of your works so that no one can boast about it or brag about it and say, check my accolades out. Look at what I've done. You want to see something? Look at all the books I've written. Look at all the trophies, the bowling trophies that I've won or the, <laughs> the archery trophies. It doesn't matter. Why? Verse 10, this brings it home. We are his workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works. There's a purpose behind salvation. And God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're all going to die one day, guys. Somebody's going to look over our casket. Some people might be like Dolores and say, man, <laughs> I hope not. Uh, we will not be celebrating this person's life today. They were a thorn in our side. This is my hope for every single one of us that's in here. When people look at us, when we left this world, are they going to look at us and say, he was funny? Like the guy that I knew. He was funny. He loved music. He loved loving people. He made me laugh. Or are they going to talk about how amazing Jesus Christ was in their life and still is? I didn't share this with, uh, with Bristol Road this morning. But I remember one particular funeral that I went to that it was all about Jesus Christ. I moved up to Michigan in 1999. And New Haven Baptist Church, they brought me on staff to work with college-age students. And there was one particular college uh, student. Her name was Lisa Cascarelli. And she was diagnosed, uh, I guess maybe about a year after we had known her, with brain cancer. And Lisa died. This might have been like 2002, uh, about 10 years ago. She was never married. Never had kids, but oh my goodness, did she dedicate her entire life to loving Jesus Christ. 
This was before the brain tumor. This was after, after the diagnosis. Everything she did, she never blamed God, ever. She worshiped him, and she taught us how to worship him. You know what kind of person she was? She was a lover of Jesus Christ. And you know what we talked about at her funeral? About how much that she loved Jesus Christ. She loved Jesus and she loved others. She got it. I mean, that's the most simple message out of the Bible. What's the most important thing in the whole wide world? Love Jesus with your whole heart. What's the second? Love people like you love yourself. And guys, we are a generation that loves ourselves. But Lisa got it. I tell my kids, Annabelle, Preston, and Pierce, what's the most important thing in this world? And I've taught them to say, to love Jesus with my whole heart. Guys, I want us to be secure in this, okay? Be secure and safe in Jesus Christ. And if we do that, it helps us stop worrying about, am I saved? Am I not saved? I don't know. Have I completed enough good works on earth in order to make it? And it's not about that. You know what it's about? Who Jesus Christ is and what Jesus Christ has done for us. Amen. He created us for it to be his workmanship, and it's a privilege to serve him the rest of our lives. Church, we've been given, and I've said this, we've been given an incredible pastor, and he teaches us the word of God. Take what he's teaching us and what he's been called to teach us. Take what Jesus is doing in your life and dedicate the entire rest of your life to serving Jesus so that when people look at us when we're gone, they say, he was a lover or she was a lover of Jesus Christ. Let's be secure in that. 1 John 5.13. Y'all can turn in your Bibles to that. 1 John 5.13. And I'm closing with this. 1 John 5.13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know... Not that you may guess, not that you may wonder, not that you may ponder, not that you will ever try to figure out the rest of your life, but that you may know that you have eternal life. And you will know that one of those many rooms that Jesus has went beforehand and prepared belongs to you. 